Welcome to Alter Your Comic Presents. I'm Alex. Uh, greetings, programs. I'm Adrian. Because Jared's not here. Because no, yeah. I'm Adrian. Just because I'm Adrian. Yeah, but normally you go after Jared, but Jared's oh, not here. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Jared's not here. That's true. Uh, Jared's not here because I'm guessing because work. He didn't say. He just said he couldn't make it. And... Uh, you know, I'm going to say he's got a hot date. Okay, that's possible. Sure. I mean, sure. Why not? Why not? Um, and maybe it's not a hot date. Maybe she's. Not so hot. As long but as he, he, as long as long as it's not so hot that it doesn't leave a burning sensation, we're good. So, Jared, will good see night, you. everyone. <laughs> Jared, we'll see you next week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully your schedule can pan out. Because if you're not here next week, then we're gonna skip next week's it's episode. It's gonna be a monologue next week. Or no, we're gonna skip because I don't want to ramble that much by <laughs> myself. That's how that's gonna pan out. Because um, I can talk a lot, but I need a call and response. Sure, so. sure, sure, sure. So yeah. Bring, the, bring bring your cat in. Yeah, Talk I mean, the and the dog. It'd be and fine. Dog. I fine. mean, it'll be it'll be a blast. It'll be fine. So yeah, or you know what? I'll just call Tom Taylor and I'll, I'll do an interview with him. There you go. I mean, that there you go. I imagine that would make Jared jealous. It might make you jealous. It would make me jealous because so. I have tons of questions. He's yeah. writing some really fun stuff. Uh, one of your picks of the week. One of my picks of the week. But Spoiler alert! But we're putting the cart in front of the horse. So before we go to the picks of the week, but wouldn't you really want to do that sometimes? Put the cart in front of the horse? Maybe. I mean, no, because creatures, everything, pretty much. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it would be for that. So. Like, if you're going downhill. I, I mean, I would expect maybe. the horse to it, naturally kind of like, whoa, whoa, I, whoa. Yeah, that's why you don't want the cart in front of the horse, because you don't want to just go out of control falling down the hill. So you don't want the cart in front of the horse. You want the horse in front of the cart to hold you back so you don't. Like lose control. Oh, I, I, I don't. I, 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 when I go down a hill with like a wagon or something, I, I'm behind it because if it goes, it goes. Yeah, and it doesn't run me over. Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems kind of messy. Either way, so well, Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah let's <clears throat> not, let's not leave the let's leave the cart behind the horse. How about that? So, uh, the cart or no, the horse of the this horse. conversation is our theme for the week. Nay. What is what is the theme of the week, Adrian? Uh, I wrote down. I didn't know it was a it was a comic when I watched the movie. See, I'm going more with like I didn't care about the comic until I watched. Okay, whatever. That's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I didn't know versus I just didn't care. Sure, because there were some things on my list that I that they existed. I just didn't care until like, oh crap, this is actually really good. Well, I grew up with Transformers and GI Joe and the X Men, and back then all these books didn't live in the same universe. So like Spider-Man with a guest appearance of Wolverine, you know, right. It didn't or, actually tie in with anything. It just, he shows up because it's, a, it's New York city. It's whatever. Right. Exactly. So now we have all these books kind of in the same universe where it's all happening at the same time and anything can just kind of pop in. And that's not how it was before. So there was a lot of <clears throat> continuity stuff out there that just, it didn't matter, it which did, honestly, right. I kind of missed that. Mm-hmm. I missed the, the continuity doesn't matter. I mean, how many times do we say some of our favorite stuff? Injustice, God's among us. It's not in, to- in continuity. Deceased, mm-hmm. not continuity. There's also another side connection there, if you pay attention in the past. Um, Dark Ages, it has its own, it's its own continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of those have one other thing in common. If you can figure it out, I'm not going to say it out loud, but there's a little bonus part there that they're all connected so, uh, but yeah, there are many things that I'm like, eh, I don't care. Oh, 
I want more. I don't want to wait mm-hmm. on the. I don't want to wait on the next movie or next season or whatever. Right. I, I want more now. That's the best way I can do that. Sure. Um, so, what is the first thing on your list that or came to mind, or just first thing on your list, whichever? Uh, I had a buddy of mine back in high school that um, he moved down to Columbus. It was his senior year, my sophomore year, and so uh, we moved him down to Columbus that summer. And that year, we also went to go see Blade in Columbus. <clears throat> It was one of my first time going to one of the bigger city theaters. You know, I'd gone down to Mexico to some of those places. My family's down there, you know. And uh, so it was just kind of cool to see it here, you know, just an hour or two away from home. And, um, yeah, we went to go see Blade. And uh, I remember it was really awesome. I remember having lots of fun uh, with the soundtrack. The action was fantastic. It was dark and broody. And had lots of feelings, just like I did when I was in high school. I was dark and brooding, and <laughs> I wasn't, people. <laughs> and that was a 90... I just thought I was. That was 98. Eight. I was sure it was 96 or 98 when that came out. Wesley Snipes, uh, Stephen Dorff. Um, yeah, it was just uh, some of the first real CG stuff to uh, come out. Just a lot of fun uh, with 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 this genre of book that this marvel book that no i didn't really know about because um blade actually made his first appearance back in 73 in a dracula book which makes sense which makes sense vampire vampire hunter and he always kind of ran like with the occult stuff out of marvel like morbius or uh dracula obviously um ghost rider uh there was just the the supernatural. the supernatural stuff is where he would really live and where he really operated. So uh, <clears throat> I grew up in a smaller town, and so uh, there was a place that would get some of these books, but some of those books still didn't hit their shelves. And we're definitely starting to see a resurgence of Blade within the comic book world, too. Well, we kind of want to, yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of have to because they announced they're going to be doing another movie. Mm-hmm. So, Or he'll be in film in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Well, and Morbius is coming back too. Uh, in January, I something believe. Something like that. And the latest trailer dropped a scene, a moment. Oh, with uh, Vulture, with Batman Vulture. Uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. It, I've never actually seen Blade. I've heard that it's good, but I'm also like, but it was a 98. How well will that actually hold up today? Ooh, okay. And I don't know. I mean, like I said, I've never seen it. It may hold up really well. It may not. He's kind of a unique hero. So maybe he doesn't really need to change a lot. I mean, for me, generally speaking, I don't care about vampires. Sure. And I'm not going to do the pun, but I want to do it. But I just don't usually care about them. I just, it doesn't, I've always liked zombie stories better than vampires. I don't know why. I mean, usually they go in pretty hand in hand together of the supernatural, both are the dead sort of like thing. But, like, I just, eh, okay, you can't handle sunlight. Like, I don't, I just don't care. Near can I. Right. Like, it burns me. I don't like it. Um, like, it burns vampires. Maybe I'm just part of vampire. Maybe you're part of vampire. Yeah. Although, I don't have a problem with garlic. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's just, for me, like, should I? Like, I feel like I should. Especially since they're talking about bringing him back, you know, in the movies. The guy that played Cottonmouth in the Luke Cage right. is going to be playing him. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm I'm curious. And I liked him in 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 in, in Luke Cage. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just I'm saying of the old of the Wesley Snipes though. Like mm-hmm. I'm, 
like uh, my biggest thing is how easy is it will for will it be for me to watch it? So is it on Disney Plus or on Hulu or anything I can get to easily? If it is, then okay, that opens up opens up some doors. Like maybe I will then. So you gotta remember too, this was also toward the end of Wesley Snipes' acting career. But his career was action flick guy, right? So that's what Blade was. He was an action guy. He wasn't solving mysteries. He wasn't dealing with this, that, or the other. They do bring that portion into it. Like, oh, I'm part vampire. You know, I'm sad now. Okay, fine. So kill everybody else. Go ahead. You know, and and, and we get this really semi-okay trilogy. Blade 2 was awful. Blade 3, we see um, Ryan Reynolds kind of come... Uh, onto the scene as this punk kid who's kind of funny and he's wearing a bullseye on his t-shirt while he's hunting vampires um and 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 we see it's kind of an okay trilogy they would have been fine leaving blade well enough alone i say all i hear is people talk about the first one no one ever mentions two and three the only reason to watch three is because of ryan reynolds to see him a young young, ryan reynolds right I mean, even then, he, he hasn't aged. He's like... Uh, what's, Ant-Man. Ant-Man, yeah. Um, Paul Rudd. Paul he Rudd. hasn't aged. But, I mean, because Blade Care are the same time-ish as the Underworld franchise, too. Like, it was real close, I believe, wasn't it? Wasn't it, was it Underworld in the 90s? Late 90s? Think or was so. it early 2000s? I don't think so, Tim. Yeah. But it just... They both remind me... What I see trailers or, you know, footage from this and the other, both like, oh... I could totally see them being in the same universe, not just because of vampires, but like the whole dark action cinematic style. Like, oh, it, it seems totally very similar. Okay. To me. And like, uh, I don't I don't care. Like, I guess. I mean, I, I've watched all of Underworld because Laura wanted me to watch it and she had them. I was like, well, screw it. I can do a movie marathon by myself. And I did. And I can say that I've seen them all. We watched the first one. Uh, we watched one of the first ones. I don't know if it was the first one. I know oh, we watched yeah, it on 2003. Five time years and a half. Later. So that was roughly around time as Blade Three, then. Yeah. So it was very that same close enough, I would say. Sure. Within ten years, close enough. Close enough. So I was like, eh, I just I don't care. Sure. Right? But sure. but it got your attention. You liked it. And then I found out he was a comic book guy. So cool. Yeah. And like I said, they're bringing he's they per- currently put Blade in the Avengers book comic books because they're you know if they're. In a movie soon, like the chances are they're going right. to be in that. Like, what are the odds? Oh, we're bringing the. F- oh, look, Kang is back. I wonder where he's going to show up. Oh, oh right, Loki. She Hulk's on the Avengers. Wonder oh, where she's going. Oh. Well, hmm, weird, but yeah, that's so. It is what it is. Oh, Batman's in the Avengers. That okay? That's weird. That <laughs> one is kind of weird, but the way they did it, it worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So moving on from Blade, uh, first one on my list that I came up with was Watchmen. Oh sure. Um. Now I did read the book before the movie, before I saw the movie. However, I read the book because the movie was coming out, so I count that as like, oh, I wanted to read it before. Like I read it like the month before it sure. came out. Sure. So I was like, oh, I saw the trailers. Looks looks cool based off a comic book. I think my cousin lent it to me at the time, and it was the movie was pretty accurate to the comic book. Sure. Sure. Um, had a better soundtrack anyway. I <laughs> mean, it had a soundtrack. And it, it got rid of the curse of the black uh, the black freighter or whatever the boat is. I, I hated that part of the book. The there's a, so in the comic book there was the main story, Watchmen story. Mm-hmm. Then like the last three pages of each one had a comic book within the comic book. 
Oh, that okay. when the kids was reading like of a cursed freighter or whatever, like it's a old pirate ship that whatever, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. <sighs> oh, yeah. Sure. sure. I, I remember reading it all. Then like, if I ever reread this, I'm skipping I'm that skipping complete, that. Sure. completely. Or I'll read that by itself and read the main core Watchmen story by itself mm-hmm. because there is no overlap. Um, it just exists. Now there's some metaphors of like whatever with it, but I don't care. When I'm when I'm hooked to the main story, this side story, I don't care. Sure. Give me more of the main story. Mm-hmm. Especially with because I remember I was like, oh, maybe it ties in, maybe it'll, you know, they'll reference this. No, it doesn't. I do find it somewhat annoying when some of these comic book writers try to give us a you know, a public service announcement through their book. You're no To Kill a Mockingbird. You're no Romeo and Juliet. You're no whatever classic novel. You're not even The Great Gatsby, even. Right. Like, like, come on. Just just stop it. And some of them, they do a really good job. Either do it well or don't do it at all. There, there is Don't no, force it. There is no middle ground don't there. Don't force it. Yeah. Like, right. If you're going to do it, it best be good. Right. And, and uh, some people have done that really well. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. That, that works out. But when you do it halfway, it just, it reminds me of the angsty, you know, teenagers that are, or in college, like, oh, well, I'm an artist and blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't understand the emo kids. Sure. Like, sure. no, no. Quit trying to put yourself, like, you're still a rich kid from Wisconsin. Right. You don't know about struggle. Like, let's be honest. Oh, no. You lost your iPhone charger. <sighs> like, it'll be fine. That's kind of the joke that I was making with, with you know, with blade when i went to go watch it i was dark and broody and no i was just a punk kid right you thought you were but <laughs> you thought you were deep but no, it, no it's fine no i mean yeah so yeah watchmen i read it like i said technically before sure. the movie, but because of the but movie because of the movie this is why i want to read it and it, that's one of those ones that if you're kind of new to comics that's probably not a good jumping off oh point. it's a terrible jumping on point <laughs> i mean the only thing that it is good for is it is self-contained Sure. You don't have to worry about anything before, sure. or I mean, there are stuff that they've done since then that take place before and after, but you sure. don't need that. You can just say, "Here, read this. Good to go. It's done. One and done." Yep. And that's the nice thing about that. Um, but who it's, originally published? Uh, it was DC still. Was it? Still I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It was either DC or I think they owned Dynamite. Might have been them. I'm pretty sure it was DC that actually Dynamite. originally published it. Dynamite. But yeah, uh, Watchmen for me that one. That one stood out to me, and uh, I watched the HBO series that came out last year, and I would say that series was better than the original comic books, even. Really? It was, I mean, it took place, you know, I think part of it, too, is it takes place in the roughly now, like still following, Watchmen took place in the 80s, this takes place now, so it has, so it is more modernized, a lot of things translate better, because it is. I understand this now because I live that now versus before I was born. I didn't really understand everything then. So, that was Alan Moore, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. He's crazy. He did. He did. Um, he did. Uh, a lot of stuff. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, too. Which, let's go jump to that. Or, hey, let's jump to that. On your list. That was actually one of those that was like, hey, I watch a movie with Sean Connery. Oh, it's got some, you know, oh, this is cool. The You know, The Invisible Man and some... Dracula chick and you know Tom Sawyer. Oh, they're all in this book. Oh, oh, oh they're in the they're in this movie because they were in a book together. Oh, okay. And the movie is phenomenal. I like the movie. I love the movie. 
I believe it's that, simple. I believe it's that clean. was Sean Connery's last movie. I think he retired after that. I think that was his retirement. Was, you think so? I think I think it was that. Then he retired. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'll believe it. <clears throat> I can't think of. There might have been stuff that released after that, but I think it was like the same year, like he was mm-hmm. doing. But that was like his last thing he did. I believe that was the story. That's the story I know at least. Okay. I don't know if it's true or not, yeah. but that's the story. Sure, I know. fact check that. Uh, but no, that was one of those movies that I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, this is a fun take on pre World War II stuff, post World War One. You know, um, not exactly steampunky, but not mythos. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but it, it it was a fun story. Um, and then I come to find out that it is a comic book, uh, by Alan Moore. And, uh, that went back in 99 is when that came out originally. And it went out, uh, what, 21 issues or so. Yeah. I had fun with the movie and the, the art is a little weird for me. You guys know me. If the art's weird, I, I, I struggle with it. It reminds, it's a lot like Hellboy. It's, I, it might even be the same artist, the Mike Mignola style of, weird liney yeah like this is cartoony um, but not cartoony it reminds me of the art of the uh, american anime aeon flux super stretched out like necks and arms and very liney super muscular on very skinny bodies um that was uh kevin o'neill who did the original artwork for for extraordinary gentlemen uh before i forget according to britannica.com connery officially <laughs> retired Acted, retired from acting following his appearance in the comic book series adaptation of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, okay. I he went on to do various voice acting roles, but sure. that was his actual like on camera okay. role. All right. So I was Good right. Enough. Woohoo. Woohoo. Uh, but yeah, uh, 99 to 2007, uh, the book uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came out. Uh, Alan Alan Moore, he's done, he's pretty iconic in, in, in the comic book world. Uh, he did uh, Crisis. I think Identity so. Crisis. DC's Identity Crisis? One of the crises. One of the ones. Um, He's done a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> whenever he, if you talk to him, like, oh, you know, what do you think of this? Oh, it's crap. Whatever he, he did in the past, it's crap. Right. I don't know if he's just trying to, like, boost his sales of his current stuff. Like, no, no, that's crap. Read this instead. Yeah. I mean, that's a smart play. I don't blame him for that. Or if that's just him being a grumpy old man. It too. could just be him being a grumpy old man. I can believe that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it was funny because when I went to go check out the, the cast of a league of extraordinary gentlemen, there wasn't really, there was, uh, the, the, the vampire lady is the same lady that did La Femme Nikita, the original one. Um, and then if you remember the doctor who episode with Van Gogh, the guy who plays Van Gogh is the same guy who, uh, plays the invisible man in, in, in which you never see, obviously. In the movie. And, uh, yeah. I, I like a lot of those old-timey, not really old-timey, but kind of like a nostalgic feel for them. That's why um, I was really glad when I found out that The Rocketeer was one of those movies that had come from a comic book. And that there was a comic book that existed uh, before the movie. I loved The Rocketeer when it came out back in, what, 90, 91? Uh, it's been on what it's been a hot minute since that came yeah out. uh and it was one of those you know pre-world war ii old timey you know let's go out on a date to the diner and to the five cent movie you know uh and and the the flying circus is a thing um 
it kind of reminds me of the um, 89 Batman where it's like a futuristic, but we're still like mixing generations together. Like, oh, it's in the future, but not like okay. it's a weird or like a Fallout universe, like the games like, oh, it's a dystopian future, but not the really like we're we're in the future with like flying cars and stuff, but we're still driving cars in like the 20s. Sure. Sort of. Thing. Sure. No, this was 30s, 40s. Post World War One, pre World War Two, um, <clears throat> they made. They have a couple of miniseries. Um, They've done many comic books on that sense. Right, right. Um, he appeared back in like eighty two. He's really old. I should be careful with that because that was the year I was born in. Uh, he's really young. <laughs> he's, he's not been around very long. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, uh, no. <laughs> uh, he first appeared in uh, a book called Star Slayer. And he was just kind of like a guest appearance kind of guy. But then had a bunch of miniseries after that uh, to just kind of fill in sales for that publisher. And then uh, in '91 they had that that movie, the Disney movie. So it's so, on Disney Plus. I I should check it out. I've heard good things about it. It's like, really it's, it's good for what it was. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, going back to Le- Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen, I want to hmm. sk- skip ahead a little bit. That this week there's a book called Heathens Number One, which is like an evil League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, okay. Uh, it has a bunch of like ones a pirate person, ones like Jack the Ripper, like is on the team. Um, and their boss, I believe, is Joseph Stalin, is the head of the group. Like, oh, so we have League of Strange Gentlemen, the, all the different heroes. Okay. Now we have Heathens, all the different villains. Sure. Okay. Who 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 wrote that? Um, that one was written by Colin Bunn. Okay, I know who that is. Uh, and that was from Aftershock Comics that published that this mm. week. So, yeah, uh, I haven't been liking what they've been producing though. But if you like Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen in the books, you might like this. I'll try it. So, uh, going up for next on my list is The Punisher. Okay. Specifically the 2004 Punisher movie. The one. There were so many. With John Travolta as the villain. Uh, So, okay. That one was okay. That that was before they did the Warzone movies. Those were. Those I didn't like at all. Those were just. Violence for the sake of violence. This one actually had a pretty good story. I mean, it was Punisher, you know, his family dying at the park, you know, him holding them. Oh, uh, they were at the beach or something, and he had just come off of a big drug bust or whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He saw his family die. He went after the people who killed him. Uh, Kevin Nash, the wrestler, was the big Russian guy with blonde hair. And he he did the boiled water onto his face, that scene with the whole baseball bat, the grenade, and jumping in the bathtub and... All that fun stuff. They're fighting. There's the one neighbor that was dancing while cooking spaghetti. And all, all I remember. Stuff. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but it was a good ridiculous in 2004. Sure. Like, it still holds up pretty well. Like, it's definitely not the current Marvel movies that we're used to that we see Does and everything. It, it holds up fairly well. All right. It holds up as well as Spider-Man 1 and 2 do. I'll put it that <clears> way. <throat> so, like, it holds up fairly well. It's one, like, we've definitely grown since then. But it's still fun, and it's not just Punisher doing violence and not just, oh, here's an hour of him shooting up people. No. I mean, I still like the – there's one scene in here that I really enjoy when he's trying to torture the guy, has him hanging upside down on chains. Like, oh, Oh. think about the torches. You don't actually feel the heat. It it feels cold. It feels cold because it burns the synapses so fast it feels cold. 
So he has a uh, a popsicle, a, a popsicle <laughs> a, like a rocket popsicle thing, and just rubs that all up and down his back, like yeah. screaming, "Okay, I'll give kid. up!" Yeah, right. And then yeah, after he gives up the answer, he's like, "Here you go," and just like shoves the popsicle in his mouth, like, "Right, fooled you." Like sucker. I, I love that part. That was great. And then yeah. the whole John Travolta, like, "All right, here's this landmine. You have to hold it. If you ever let go, it's gonna blow up. So you you live as long as you want to hold it up." And is that how it ends? Yeah. Okay. Or it's some sort of device, explosive, that he has to hold it. If he lets go, then it blows up and it'll kill him. Is that the one where he brings a knife to a gunfight? Yes. All right. With the Johnny Cash bad guy? Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, it was... Don't get me wrong. There was a lot wrong with it. However, it was 2004. We hadn't seen Iron Man yet. They haven't sure, reignited sure. the whole everything yet. It, was, it might have been... Bef- yeah, it was before The Dark Knight. Yeah, I think it was... I think Batman Begins was right around that same time that okay. came out. okay. So like it was the before is the tail end before we got the new generation of movies, but it was enough that for me it was like, well this is kind of cool, and I started reading the Punisher's books. It was a lot of the Punisher Max that I was reading, which looking back on it was a bad idea because I was by the artist I hate, Steve Dillon. Okay, did that one. Uh, My brother was into Punisher uh, War Stories, War Zone, War Zone. War? No, no, no. This is back in the eighties and nineties. Uh, that have been War Stories, I believe. Um, and so it was a lot of Cold War stuff, a lot of, you know, Russians bad, you know, don't get too involved with the girl because she's probably bad too, and kill everybody with some guy in the van. What was the name of the guy in the van? Oh, oh, it was, like, it was the tech guy. It was like yeah. Weasel or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I knew about Punisher beforehand, which really kind of is – my brother always – uh, read uh, G.I. Joe. So when something else kind of came up that was very warlike, gun-like, you know, and, and, and uh, he actually got a letter sent home because the teachers were a little concerned that he was reading so much stuff with, with guns and stuff. And my parents were like, you guys are dumb. Microchip. That was the guy Chip. that was in the van. Yeah, yeah. I, I had Micro. Go- I, had, I had to Google that one, folks. Yeah. I didn't know off the top of my head. So yeah, but like I said, so Punisher, Punisher. I mean, the movie got me. I was like, all right, I'm curious. I want to read what this is about. And then I got bored because it was <laughs> artist was by Steve Dillon. And I did sure. not like that. But anyway, what's the? Let's go with one more for each of us on our list. What's the last one on your list? Uh, that was my list. That was your list. That was my list. Okay. Um, well, then I'll, I have I have more in mind. I can do. Go for it. Uh, so this one is a three pack. Uh, Batman. Okay. X Men. Spider-Man, all because the of the 90s animated series. Okay. Um, they were good, too. They were, and they do still hold up. I, they, I mean, yes, some of, like, the, the picture quality isn't necessarily great anymore. It's not full sure, high definition. Sure. But the stories, specifically Batman stories, those still really hold up because it was not weird futuristic timeline, like. And they did that on purpose. There have been multiple people that have talked about how the cars look like they're from the 40s. The computers from the the 90s. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's like, where where do you put this? In what decade? In what time part of time do you put this? Which was anywhere. Which was similar to the 89 movie. I mean, the Mm -hmm. Mike Keaton and Tim Burton movie. Like, it had very futuristic but past stuff. Like, it's, it's a weird bubble that it fits in. Okay. And the 90s animated series did that really well. Mm-hmm. And then they turned it to Batman and Robin. Because, like, midway through the series, they added Robin. Sure. But I say midway through the series, but it's, like, after, like, 100 episodes. 
Oh because yeah, and that... those episodes when you buy them, I checked them out the other day on iTunes. They, the only one that I remember that goes in any order is the first one, right? Um, the knight that has wings or on le- on leather wings. Yeah, and we don't get the Joker. We don't no. get the Penguin. We don't get any of the classic Batman villains. We get Man Bat, right? And it's like, really, who the frack is Man Bat? Who cares? But it was a really. <laughs> I was I was a kid, and that that episode scared the crap out of me. I hated that episode. Well, I mean, think but about loved it when it came out in the nineties. There was no viewing order. It was a he, and there's no season as we know them now. It's like all right, we're gonna sure. do twenty four episodes. We're gonna do you know one a week. It's like no, no, this is a kids show. We'll put it on. They'll watch it whenever it's on. Correct. Whenever it's on, whatever order it's on, it does not matter. So you had to, they had to write it in a way that, yes, you can jump in at any time. It doesn't matter. There is no part one, part two. The, or if it is, it's huge where they like, oh, holy crap, there's a there's a one hour block. What, what's sure, going on? Sure. Like, that was the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Spy ran to the same thing. Whereas like, there was very few two-parters, like, of anything. And, like, a lot of it was... Well, toward the end, there was a bunch of, like, three and four and seven-parters. Right, and that, that was huge, especially for a kid's show. Sure. Like, holy crap, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And then it ends with a cliffhanger that you don't actually get to resolve because it just ended with them going into a portal, and then that was the end of the series. Is that with Madam Web? Yeah. Yeah. And Mary Jane getting through the bridge, through the portal, and that was the end of the series. And no. she was the clone, the water clone or something, or something... They end up resolving in the next Spider-Man series that took, you know, like, like a year afterwards. But oh, the uh, twenty ninety nine. No, I think it was re- Laura. Would no, she's <laughs> upstairs though. Uh, Hi. But yeah, it was one of those like it just ended with no resolution. If you're following just that series, no resolution. You had to follow the new series, which was a new. I don't know why they ended. My guess unlimited. is unlimited. Spider-Man yes, unlimited. That sounds about right. So the disappointing part with some of those animations, with some of the the, they, I didn't see it with Batman. I saw it a lot in in Spider Man and a little bit in the X Men show. They reused a oh, lot yeah. of like, animation, like, like when you're when Spider Man was going from his house to regular New York City, like oh him swinging through, like that's I've the seen same. that before. I, I've seen that same thing five times this episode. Like, right. <laughs> no, they a lot or of times like an explosion. They would mirror even like, all right, we're gonna try to like, go now. I swing to the left. And now I swing to the right. right. The great thing about costumes, it's and now he's upside down. If there is no logo, it doesn't matter if it's mirrored, or whatever. Right. You don't have to read the words backwards. It's fine. So, and I still will never understand to this day how the heck you got from Queens, suburbia, right, max two story buildings, to. New York City proper, you know, thousand floors skyscrapers. Slingshot. And he, slingshot. he gets on his roof. It's fine. Slingshot. Of his house. At no, no. no, he lands from above the roof is the biggest thing. He <laughs> lands he from like thwips, he falls down he onto it. He thwips up. Like, what are you thwipping up to? Streetlight. And then slingshot it. It'll They're be fine. only as tall as the house itself. It'll be fine. Trees. Trees are tall. Not It'll be new. fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Years ago, me and my cousin would talk like of all the powers to have. Honestly, around here, Spider Man's would be one of the worst because at least we'll web, at least web shooters. Because like, well, what am I going to web sling to? Right there's like downtown Lima. Okay, well, I have like a like a three block radius I can do. Right outside of that, there's really not much else. Like, like okay, as far as superpowers go, maybe I don't want that one. Mm-mm. Maybe I'll take like Angel, where you can fly, or sure. Nightcrawler, you can teleport. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, because healing and stabby claws. Why not? Who cares? But to web swing, 
Not great. Not Batman's Batman's utility belt, his grapple hook, not great. At least he has those wing, the bat wing, the plane, or the Batmobile. Or his those, gliding wings. Right. Sure. Those work. All right. But like actual like let's say Nightwing, for example. He gets around with his grappling hook. Well, mm-hmm. that only gets you so far. And around here, that's not a whole lot. Right. So but I mean, still, yes. In the show, that was kind of like, what 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 are you slinging to there, bud? <laughs> and that's one thing they've like glossed over in the comic books too, of like, eh, he's in New York City. It's fine. it's fine. There are enough planes flying overhead that he can just hit the plane. Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. he's web swinging to a plane. Yeah, that's, that's what he's going for. Let's go with that. Sure. Or he just shoots out into a parasail, like a like big <laughs> thing, and just like it, it just he just floats out. Maybe that's what we're going with. Yeah. I I got nothing here, but yeah. So that's where Fortnite came from. Yes, exactly. Okay. Came from that. Uh, but then, you're right. Those shows held, te- they, they withstood the test of time. For uh, us. My kids like the X-Men show. They like Spider-Man. Uh, if you watch it, if you're 10 and under for the first time, it's great. Once you get over that age, if you're mm, watching it for the first time. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I can agree There's enough datedness to it. Like, uh, I want to watch the new cartoon instead. You know what, though? The animated movie, The Mask of the Phantasm. Holy crap. I think that's still fantastic. Also terrifying as a kid. I remember when I watched it as a kid, I was like, I, I, I didn't want to even press play because the ke- the cover of the VHS, that's right, folks, was so terrifying. The, the Phantasm was like, what is this guy? He has a hook hand. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not touching that. Was, <clears throat> hey, I mean. Uh, I, I, I do remember jumping when Salvatore gets the, uh, when the Joker poisons and kills him because it's this high-pitched organ uh, it's scary. It's jump scare. Yeah. And it's Salvatore with his big smile, poisoned smile, and he's dead, and it's a cartoon. It's not right. supposed to be scary. Right. But as a child, like, holy crap. Sure. Uh, I remember off another t- side tangent here, the Mickey Mouse, when he was the had the whole cap, yeah. I forget what it was, his, the magic cap that was able to control stuff. Oh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yes. Yeah. That one. The whole brooms, when they came, like, on their own, like, they... Like kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Yeah, that terrified okay. me because that was like the crescendo of the music. Like Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse was like terrified. Like I was like, "This is what, what is going on here?" The Night of Witch Mountain is the part of Fantasia that scared me. Yeah, like, but there you're actually watching Satan come out of a mountain, right? So I mean, so like, uh, as an adult now, I'm like, no, that's fine. But as a kid, like, that's kind of scary. You're not expecting that right. from a, a Mickey Mouse thing. Like, what is going on here? So, right. And then the last one for that group is the X-Men animated series, mm-hmm. which is also a weird limbo, too, of like, okay, they're in the 90s costumes, but they're telling the 70s and 80s stories and stuff. Like, Oh, sure. Because the whole uh, Dark Phoenix saga, like, wait. Dark Phoenix is there. Uh, uh, Apocalypse. Uh, we get a, a hint of uh, the Age of Apocalypse. We get a couple of different of those stories. But I, I think what I like most about the X-Men even then, and even now, they're dealing with it now, uh, but they're kind of, I don't know, they're forcing a resolution. Uh, it was a classic line they that humans fear what they don't understand, right? And so we dealt with a lot of racial things. And this is, this is what I was talking about before. If you write it well, and you don't force it, it works really it well. It works really well, right? So, well, no, Adrian... The, <laughs> The, the X-Men weren't about race relations. 
Yeah. They, right. They were forever. Let's talk about what was going on in the 60s when they came out. And right. these people are born different. Right. Yeah. This has nothing to do with race relations. The, even with having spotlights on Kitty Pride, mm-hmm. who is Jewish, mm-hmm. like as another minority, like they they are showing all sorts of everything. Well, even the idea that a mutant could be literally anybody from the planet and he or she gains his or her power at uh, puberty, right? That manifest. So anybody. Sometimes uncontrollably. Like sometimes you can't control your mutant ability. Sure. And so, and it's funny because I think a lot of kids will go through that, even today, and I don't care what some people say, it's like, oh no, my kid totally, those posts that like, yeah, my five-year-old just, you know, quoted Shakespeare. No, no, he didn't. No, he did not. Um, I think we, we hit some real big realizations in our lives at those ages where it's like, wait a minute. I was just having fun with my friends out in, you know, the street, if kids do that anymore. Um, And now I'm in a larger part of the world, and it's wrong. Something's wrong with the world, right? And so that's that's mutantum, right? Or, like, the first time you realize that your parents don't know everything. Like, (laughs) for some parents, it may vary, but... (laughs) But yeah, sometimes, I mean, <laughs> but that, that could be, however, though, that can be like, but you're my parents, you tell me what to do, you must know what's going on. Sure. Then you find out, holy crap, you don't know what's going on. Right. Also, well, that world shattering at that point, mm-hmm. like, I always knew I can go to you. If, if something happens, go to you, it'll be mm-hmm. fine. Crap, maybe not. Maybe there's, or anytime you, like, with, when families deal with death, or just even is something as benign as my friend is moving away. Sure. Well, how do I deal with that? I don't know because I've never happened that. That's never happened to me before. I don't mm-hmm. understand what to do now. Sure, and it's just it's out of your control. Right, and the X Men and all sorts of things of it's out of my control. Mm-hmm. And all right, well, let's come up with the best solution we can and go from there. So, yeah, for me, X Men, Spider Man, and Batman are really the reason why I got into comic books. Those three shows. Sure, that was the biggest my reason to get into. It. Like, oh, these are great. Then I found out, hey, we have a comic book store. Hey, I can actually read them now. And that's because I watched the shows and I had the toys growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, let's continue that. See where the story goes. All that from there. So, yeah. So, moving on from that. <laughs> of all of our things that, you know, made us read or whatever. So, moving on. We're going to talk about books that came out this week. November 3rd, 2021. Uh, Adrian. What is one of the books that stood out to you? Just one? Oh, man. Let's we'll start with one. Okay, all right. You know that I've been reading, and you guys are listening. You guys have heard me talk about the Me You Love in the Dark. There hasn't been an issue. This is issue four. This is issue four that I haven't mentioned the week that it came out. Or at least. Unless I wasn't here. Right, yeah. Right? So, um, last month, we get Ro, who has now let herself be seduced by the thing that's living in the darkness right and now we're seeing the repercussions that just because you're romantically attracted to somebody doesn't make it okay right (laughs) it it, it doesn't (laughs) yeah i (laughs) stuff stuff can go bad when you fork around with the wrong things (laughs) with the stuff in the dark the stuff in the dark (laughs) You've got to be ready to 
deal with the things in the dark. When you peer into the abyss, the abyss peers into oh you. Oh, my goodness. I was like, when that happened at the end of that issue, I'm like, uh-oh. This is not going to go well. This is not going to go well. And I remember saying something along the lines of the preview because it was a, like a there was a preview of a couple frames for this issue where she was painting with reds. And the artist actually made it look like she was painting with blood, right? And it showed that someone else was coming into the house also. Right, uh, right. Like, hey, someone else is here, so how is the dark going to interpret that. that? Right. Um, I, I, I just love, you know, we, when we first meet Ro, she takes the story of the ghost of the house being haunted very lightly. She's like, oh, no, this is great. That's what I want. I want to be inspired by something that isn't real. And, we're and pa- I'm even going to talk to it like it is real. And we're pals. To make fun of the thing that I know for sure isn't real. And then, holy crap, it is real. Right. And, yeah, just the whole we're pals. We're getting along. Mm-hmm. We're always together because we want to be together. Sometimes couples need to have time apart. Like, you need <laughs> to still be yourself. And she's learning that if you spend too much time together with that other person, now this is crank, given this is like cranked up to eleven or twelve. Holy crap! If you're spending too much time with the other person, things can go bad. Sure. I mean, I think everybody knows of the last year and a half with COVID and everything. Like, oh, stuck at home. Get out. I don't care what you do. I need time for me to be me by myself. Right. And this is what she's starting to realize. Like, you know, I I'm still my own person. But the darkness is what I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we it, still it, don't have a name for whatever this thing is. We don't know what it is or what its name is. It's just it's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's having some separation anxiety. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. And I don't want to go too far into what happens here. But I joked earlier that oh, before, sweet row. that the honeymoon is over. You like, are going to regret that. Like they're their happiness forever like oh we're good and happy no no i don't know i'm still gonna counter your honeymoon analogy because there implies that there could have been there was potential for good things to come from this or not necessarily no. a honeymoon at least no. the brand new we're happy phase before we expose our dirty laundry to each other the intoxication the phase. before i'm willing to fart in front of you <laughs> level yeah, right. of comfort like oh no i'll still you know whatever versus no no this is like stuff's getting real and it gets real bad uh i love that it's a five issue mini it, i i don't feel like it's being rushed i think we're getting the appropriate amount of story in each issue. And I have a really good feeling about this. I don't think the last issue, issue five, is going to be... You know, because we've talked about that with other books. Uh, we've talked about it with The Clone Wars. We've talked about it with... Um, I'm still digesting the ending of Die. I'm I'm more, I'm more liking it more and more as I think about it and I read it again. Uh, Middle West was one of those... That, which is another Scotty Young. Which is another Scotty Young. It ended. It, it ended on its own terms, right? And I was okay with it, right? It wasn't canceled. It wasn't. It didn't overstay its welcome, right? It was a perfect. This we're done. I and if they keep following their formula, the next issue is going to be just right, you know, uh, because we've gotten, we have gone from you're just a joke to me, to this last frame. Where she is obviously scared outside of her mind. As she should be. As she should be, right. You don't fornicate with the things in the dark. Right. Yeah, and 
I'm going a little extra long with this because this was one of my picks of the week too. Like this was just so good. Yeah, um, it really was. It, it just this is, and I don't like horror books. Well, you, and, I don't like the scary stuff. And I was I was about to say this is the first horror book of the series that's actually horror. That one through three were light, like oh, you know, like something's off, but nothing's like it's not a horror. It's like supernatural, but not supernatural horror. This is the first one that I say is actually like getting horror levels. Okay. All right. Like it was a slow build for the horror. It's not the, you know, blood and guts initially. Like, no, this is a slow burn. I think that gets you fully immersed. And then like, oh, now we're not just ripping the rug out from the beginning. Like, hello, Rip. No, it's like, oh, come on in. Have a cup of tea. Have blah, blah, blah. And I think that makes the villain a little bit more villainous is, hey. It's playing the long game. Hey, I've got candy in my, you know, van right. with no windows. Come oh, in. Sure, we'll watch your favorite movie. Sure. Well, what is this one about? Oh, whatever. This. Let's watch this together. Because the thing is really inter- nah, um, curious. He even kind of says that he doesn't understand people in the other issues. Like, he doesn't know how to relate to them because he's been alone for so long. You know, so he kind of... Was he lying to her the whole time, or is this some sort of penance that he's having to deal with, or or what? But yeah, I, I get what you're saying with how this is uh, the first horror horror book yeah. of the book. Yeah, I like how that begins with the issue of her in her t-shirt, a say anything shirt. Oh yeah, like it's definitely like it's playing off of the oh words that we're a cheesy romance thing. Right. And no, <laughs> it's not romance. I mean, it's a little bit of a, I think it was, you know, reference of the author, like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. fan of the older stuff, whatever. But I do think it also plays in very well of, oh, the romance of it. And mm-hmm. I mean, say anything would not go over well now. Oh, random kid shows up with a boom, you know, like playing outside your window. It doesn't play very well now. Most of those rom-coms back in the day, when you try to replicate them in real life, they don't work. Right. And I think this is part of that reference, too. Like, oh, and it's just very subtle. Like, hey, you know, she's still happy in the beginning, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, the whole boombox scene from saying anything, it's a happy moment, blah, blah, blah. But then it it's it gets dark. It slowly gets more and more. And that's the other thing, too, is the book as a series, I need to re- go back and read it. It has slowly gotten darker and darker mm-hmm. as the darkness that lives in the building has done its stuff. Right. So. Right. So, yeah. No, I want to see, because she's an artist. Right. Right. She's a painterist, a painter, and um, she's a Pinterest. She's a painter. I want to see some of these pieces of art that she's, because she's gone into overdrive. I mean, she was there to, to paint one collection and i think he says the the dude that stops by it's her manager right uh he says something like wow you've painted like 10 collections i was expecting three or four i was getting ready to fire you because you haven't done anything right versus holy cow i mean we see glimpses in the background of some of it um we don't see full details of anything um like the center stable page you can see at the bottom when he's looking at all these new paintings like holy crap you can see some of them and the further ones in the back do seem to have a little more color to it, mm-hmm. but the ones as they get closer and closer forward, they do get darker and darker and darker as well. Like you can tell there is an influence going over her. Sure, sure. And I love how Scotty Young is drawing the thing. He's not drawing it. No, no. Yeah, he is. How? Oh, right. He's no, writing. He's it. writing it's, it. It's it's, uh, it's Jorge. Yes, or George. 
George Corona. Uh, I love how George is uh, Jorge's uh, drawing the thing in the house. Uh, the first time we meet him, he's very elongated, long, like skeletal arms, and then humanoid like. Yeah, and then we see like dark corners with like multiple eyes and multiple teeth, and you know it's like, oh, you're you're gonna kill something. <laughs> And it's not going to be pretty. I have a theory where it's going to be going. I'm going to say it off mic since you actually read it. I don't want to give spoilers on the podcast. But I have a theory where that's going to go. And I'm probably going to be wrong, but I don't care. I'm going to go with it. But that is the. It doesn't matter because the book is so good. Right. But that is the Me You Love in the Dark issue four, um, issue four of five. And who knows? And we got no preview of the last issue. We, We may get. Who knows? They may do, you know, volume two or anything like that. It's hard to tell. I hope not. I mean, I don't. As long as it's still good, I'm okay with it. But I don't want okay. them to do it just for sure. the sake of doing it. Right. So that was our first one. What is the other one that stood out to you this week that Dude, you love? Uh, Tom Taylor, again, yet again uh, Dark Knights of Steel. What I loved was the opening. And it reminded me of the movie Man of Steel with uh, What's-His-Face and the other What's-His-Face. But good. It's like no, the of, opening was still good. Well, I mean, and the yeah. message that Jarrell okay, yes. gives to the his opening, son. The opening was good. Just the rest of the movie was garbage. We'll agree to disagree. But anyway, uh, Jarrell talks to his son via computer message, right? And he's talking to him about how you're going to be different. You're going to be God to these people. They won't know how to understand you. And we're getting the scribe the same the same kind of message but it's not Jorel speaking to his son it's the human's point of view you know it's this whole thing of like they look like us the, yeah, or they're going to look like us the three lines i see they will look like us they will sound like us but they will not be like they will, they are not like us Which they are you demons. could take as Kryptonians, they're not like us. They're not, these humans are not like us Kryptonians, but it's not that. And then you turn the page. It's the They humans. are demons. Right, right. And, and I'm like, oh, yep, that's okay. Let's go. So let's do this. So the, the, pre- the whole premise of this book is what if they landed in uh, the Knights of the Round Table era sure. of civilization? The Dark Ages. Instead of. And not even they. Not just, uh, not just Kal-El. Right. I, I, it's, it's a they. And the mom, I forget her name. Lana. Laura. Uh, but yeah, instead of Lana. just launching Kal-El in the rocket ship. No, no. We actually built it big enough that the three of us can fit. Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> right? They could have just made it bigger? Yeah. What? Uh, they, they built it bigger and they built it earlier because it is before Kal-El is born. Correct. Because she, like, they land, the crash land, and they're like, I'm giving birth now. Is where, what's going on there? What I love about this is so we are only getting one origin story and it's because Batman exists a Batman exists the Robins exist right uh it's green the, arrow it's the DC universe green lantern and black canary and black lightning yeah they so it is the DC comics that you know and love but in the Dark Ages. In with, the Dark Ages. With swords with and armor arrows. And horses and, and, yeah, right. I mean, it's weird seeing Batman around like a world of knights and stuff. Like, well, why? But but why why is he Batman? And with the sword, too. Because right. Because you only do one thing with the sword. You knock people out with them. Duh. Oh, okay. 
I mean, if you use the hilt, you you intimidate and you knock people out with the hilt. That's what you do. Yeah. Uh, but holy twist ending. The twist, right. Well, not even that. The two twists. No, no. The, the reason why those two are talking, the whole subject matter of what Jor-El and Bruce are talking about, and then that last frame you just looked oh, at. I'm saying, yeah, there's a twist that they're talking about, yep. and then the cliffhanger ending issue, holy cow. One page frame, right? Um, folks, we don't want to give away spoilers, but I really want to, and holy cow. I, I didn't expect Captain America to be in a DC book. It is yet another 12-issue series that I'm like, oh, I'm subscribing to this because it's Tom Taylor and it's phenomenal. I'm a little worried. I'm not going to lie. It's 12 issues. But if anybody can do it, it's going to be Tom Taylor. Yeah. Because what's his face? Who's writing a nice on the lake? Uh, Tinian. Tinian. And he's the one who's doing the vampires. Yeah. Yeah, the DC vampires. DC vampires. So apparently, DC should just stop all of its ongoing continuity. Too much miniseries. I'm perfectly okay with this. And run with miniseries. Or, or just, just break continuity completely. Mm-hmm. And not have to worry about this. Well, where does this fit that? Who cares? Let's just, just read it and enjoy it. Cut back. Okay, DC, Less if you're listening. More. DC and Marvel. Back. And Marvel. Marvel mm-hmm. is just as guilty. Less is more. Give us less big, you know, we don't need 52 series oh at least. Because, yeah, right. I mean, that's when New 52 started was 52 series. We sure. don't need that. Give us 30. How many Batman books were there when that happened? How many Batman books are there now? Still? There's a bunch. There is a bunch. And that's fine. But it's too much. Yeah. Give us one or two. And then give us all these really great short stories. Because, yes, you, you you don't want somebody to grow up not knowing who Batman is. But you don't need 12 books to get a new kid... To start reading Batman. You don't need 12 ongoing books that are all within the same universe. Right. You know what? Just give us one that's in the main universe, and then just give us many series that are optional. Like, oh, you want to read this? You read it. If you want to read that, if you don't want to read it, fine. Hey, have you ever imagined Batman in a suit of armor back in the Dark Ages? Here well, here you go. you go. Right. Uh, and one last book I want to mention before we move on to Saga. <laughs> uh, oh, right. Is Knighted Number 1. This is a five-issue miniseries. It's by AWA Comics. The cover looks very familiar. Oh. Where it's, it's Batman, it's, only not. It's, only it's, it's Superman. Totally, it's totally Batman from only the Spawn from Dark Knight Returns or Relief, right? That was the cover, the classic cover where he's jumping. It was Dark Knight Returns. Yes, that's right. Um, in a in a world where everyone dies of a virus, except for those who don't, and if you don't, then chances are you have some sort of superpower, be it really cool or really lame. Um, it follows this down on his luck loser that he tries to he starts with him proposing to his girlfriend and she's like yeah no that's not like i'm dating you because it's safe but like i don't want i told you i don't want anything more than this like this isn't a forever deal like this is a good enough for now hmm. and there is a batman character that stuff does not go well for him batman. i mean the title the subtitle for the book says heroes never die with the never with the never crossed out so it's really weird. Um, it is kind of dark, but not super dark. But it's kind of fun. So I, I, I subscribe to it because it's an, it's still AWA, the newer the newest publisher that I'm aware of, and it's interesting. It's really weird. There's this character is definitely a Batman analog, but like a, kind of a jerk. 
Because at one point you meet the butler. And he's like, oh, that guy, he's a jerk. I hated working for him. And luckily, you're here now, so you're going to take over. So so it's like the Santa Claus. It's kind of like, it's kind <laughs> of, yeah, kind of like that, but darker and nightier. And yeah. Oh, dude, this is totally Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's definitely some similarities. There's going to be a lawsuit or, or something. Or they're going to make a movie. Oh, man. This is not going to end well. So, yeah. Knighted. Knighted. Dark Knighted. Five-issue five miniseries. I've subscribed based off this first one here because it's really cool and really weird. I have to assume that they, they did that their lawyers are like, it's no, pa- you can do this. It's a parody. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, if Spawn, if Spawn can do it, they can do it, too. So, it's fine. So, yeah, that is my other pick of the week. Saga. So, if you're going to still listen to this. Saga. Great. Cool. Saga Thank volume you three. for sticking around for this whole episode. If not, Holy then. Crap. Yeah. Oh, well. I just so, looked at how much time we've been. <laughs> so, Saga, volume three. Dude, I finally got bored with this book. So, let's start at the beginning <laughs> of this volume. Chapter 13. If you remember, uh, chapter 12 ended with the whole family on the planet with the author of their favorite book. Uh, Prince romance Ro- book. Prince Robot was interviewing, you know, interrogating the author. And he's like, hey, well, I know they're going to show up. And Hazel in the narration is like, huh, funny thing is, we've been there for a week. We've been there for five days. So this jumps Playing back. board games. So this jumps into a week ago. A week ago. Like, how how did they actually get there, and you know what got them to that point? Um, so yeah, flashback to them meeting, you know, like them still on the spaceship before they even made the author and everything, and they're flying. But if you remember, Marco's dad just died. Oh, he did. He did. De- he dead. Dead. I mean, he saved them, but he he's did. dead. Mm-hmm. And. They actually address, like, hey, if someone you know and love dies, you're not just going to get right over. Like, how many comic books do we see someone dies? Like, there are some, like, oh, it's sad, but moving on. Moving on. Like, this is, like, full-on depression state for mm-hmm. Marco. Well, he's even got that depression beard. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't care. He's very zoned out, whatever. And his mom comes up to Alana saying, hey, you know, we can't just ignore this. He's not, like, this isn't just a short-term thing. Like, we need to actually, like, we need to help him. What I really like about that that conversation between the two is, like, Essentially, she's like, what did you do to my son? You drove him insane. You are feeding him donkey dong. Yeah. And it's like, uh, she she shared a book with him? <laughs> she, so she read the romance novel that they fell in love with. Right. And she's like, what is this garbage? What are you doing? <laughs> and I have, to, I have to be honest. I kind of feel the same way about this book. <laughs> <laughs> I said it last week. I don't, I, I hate this book. But can you put it down? But I can't put it down. Because <laughs> when you, if you're like me, when I read it, I read it all in one sitting. Like, yeah, right. I just, I blow right through it because there's enough there that you're invested in it. Like, really? Come on. This, really? Come on. Next page. Really? Come right, on. Exactly. Next page. Like, you're, you're not going to stop reading it. I never have read a romance book. Except for the one that I listened, the Star Wars book that some friends of mine were like, dude, you got to read it. This is great. So I listened to the audiobook, and I'm like, what did you make me do? And I feel the same way about this, but I cannot put it down. I, it, yeah, I can't put it down. I don't like this book, 
but I can't put it. There. Well, and for me, I have mixed feelings about the book as outside of the romance part okay. of how it jumps from okay, we're at story A with oh Alana, my gosh, is story B of the will. Like uh, it jumps back and forth. Like, all right, we got three or four pages of this, three or four pages of that. And it does that so much. Like for us to talk about it, we have to, okay, well now before this, we have to keep backpedaling back and forth. Otherwise we sound like we're just jumping back and forth. That was one of my, but the story does jump back and forth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's kind of a hard transition from story A to story B. There is no, oh, well, meanwhile, there is no commercial break that TV shows use to use that for that. But they don't use that for the mechanism. You're, are you not reading my? Did no, you I'm not. Re- you I did not read I, my I sk- notes. I skimmed it, but I don't. I didn't read it. The now. first comment that I wrote about issue thirteen, normal issue, quote unquote, back from commercial break. That's what I wrote about issue thirteen. The the each each part of the Will story versus Alana Marcos. It's like okay, and hard turn, and hard turn back to this. Like there's not a real, but it works. Is my thing like because I am invested in both stories. I don't, I, I want to see what's going on with them because they got me interested. Of, there's sure. a bounty hunter and the slave girl and Gwendolyn and all that, but also want to know what's going on with the main family too. So it works, but it it's, it is kind of distracting and jarring. Yes. Yes. And if you're not reading it, I, I can't imagine how torturous this was as they were coming out in single issues. Yeah. Because, Oh, great. Now we've got reporters. Great. Now I'm, uh, how much do I get of the reporter story? That is going to keep me. We are adding invested. a C story, folks. It's like, come on. We're issue thirteen. We're adding a C story now too. Like, gotta give credit for that for Brian Kavon to like. Okay, now I'm gonna do this and tie in with that and tie in with this. Like, a lot of moving parts. I just imagine Brian Kavon is that meme that you see online where he's trying to explain something. Well, he's got all the strings yeah, from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah. as the show. Yeah. But so yeah, has the reporters they're investigating. Uh, the Will is stuck on this planet with Gwendolyn and Lion Cat and Slave Girl. Yeah. And they're calling Space AAA, <laughs> basically. <Yes. laughs> of like, yeah, our car broke down. We need some help. And I love that he says, he makes some comment about, you know, the same ca- same day coverage. We're not you're, in the net right network or we're, something. We're out of your distance, oh your zone gosh. for the same day. Like, it, I can totally see that in a in a universe where there is space travel, sure. In a world where there's I mean, space travel. We have car travel and with AAA and stuff like that right now, so why wouldn't they have that in space as well? And it just, it's so simple. But mm-hmm. like, this is so dumb. But I mean, it makes th- sense. I have to imagine that that's where the romance novels get you. Like, it's those little things that the, those authors will put in. The grounded a little that, bit. Yeah, right. Like, oh, just enough. This is- this is so like real life. Right. No, it's not. <laughs> like, okay, maybe that one, maybe that one little bit, but that's about it. Yeah, that lady's car broke down, and your car broke down, but you're not going to get the sexy hunky, you know, tow truck driver that, that takes that, advantage. That's, of not, you. that's not a romance. That's an adult <laughs> thing. So that's a whole other ballpark. <laughs> I don't know. I don't read. I don't read these things. I, apparently, I do now, though. But anyway, so that's. That, this issue, that's basically what happens with the will, and then, like, sure, right, we're going triple A. Mm-hmm. Go back to the, the A story with the family and skeleton monsters. Oh, uh, they'll be fine. Which is... Okay. Although, admittedly, I was a little upset with the mom where she puts the skull next to her head. To be fair, it's a skull. You don't think anything of it. It's a, it's dead. She's magic. Well, yeah. I mean, and then it rips off. It bites they're, off her ear. They're, they're walking around with a ghost. Uh, and the last thing I have from this issue that I loved, uh, over the years, you know, we met every kind of person imaginable. 
but no one makes a worse first impression than writers. Oh, yeah. The fact that Brian K. Vaughn wrote that is like, no, no, I'm giving myself an out, guys. Sure. If you meet me in person, if my first impression is terrible, weird. hey, I, I told you, my you know, writers make fir- terrible first impressions. So I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to issue 14, then. Uh, we meet a brand new winged character. Yay, a new character. So time for a D story, but you find out it's still part of the C story with the writers. Where it is Alana's mom. Stepmom. Stepmom. That's the same age as her. That is the same. <laughs> they went to school together. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I'm like, are you guys hitting on her? Oh, no, you're trying to get the story. That's why you're like, oh, you clearly must be her sister. I mean, you'd also think you're the same age. You're living with the address. Okay, maybe you're related. I mean, your wings are look different, but. Apparently, yeah. they all, all their wings look different. Apparently. And yeah, she has butterfly wings instead of weird other wings, I guess. I don't know. Bat wings. Uh, but yeah, it's more of the interview with them. Like, sure. it's Right now, it's very very light involved with the story. And as far as we've gotten, it, and we're, you know, 15, 14 issues in, I, we're, we're getting, what I think he's doing is establishing the ongoing story, right? So you cannot stay focused. Like, who's, who's somebody we've already lost? Uh, Marco's dad. Okay, Marco's dad. Right? You, can you legitimately leave him throughout what fifty four issues? Probably not. I mean, if if we're we're if the main focus has to do with this couple that's running for their lives, someone's gonna die. Well, you can't have one of them die. So you got to make expendable characters. Well, I think also at this point, at this point in Brian K. Vaughn's writing career. He already did the one story, one focal point. Why the Last Man was very sure. much focused on York. He didn't do the rest of the world building. Mm-hmm. This is world building. Holy like, this crap! This is yeah. Okay, yes, we have the main story, but it's not the all about just them. Like mm-hmm. there are other pieces that will come into their lives later, and you want to be invested in them. So I have to introduce them early. Segments here and there. Mm-hmm. They'll probably annoy you. They'll probably get in the way. But These eventually, annoy the heck out of me. But eventually, they're going to matter. I do feel bad, though, when one of those gets shot. Uh, so, yeah. So, they do the little interview thing with the stepmom. Nothing really happens out of that. Go back to the main story with Alana Marco. They meet the writer. Uh, oh, the, he weird. Uh, yeah. I mean, he. Uh, the one point Alana says, or no, Hazel in the narration says, you know, you know, some civilizations, they do like a baptism, you know, for cleansing. Oh, whatever. yeah, that was gross. This is mine. He, the writer, drunk, puked on him and drunk peach on her and it was disgusting it was gross uh go back to then it jumps a hard turn again back uh, to wherever the will is the will and gwen all that and i have in my notes i believe this is the origin of sharknado folks <laughs> we have flying, flying colorful sharks colorful sharks so in my opinion i don't know which came out first but i'm gonna give it some credit to this because i don't like the franchise this is the beginning of sharknado <laughs> right here in saga sure brian cave on he or if he didn't do the first he did the best of one panel, that's all we need. Flying sharks done. You know, it's it's funny too because in the same scene, uh, I I went all Disney in my head, and I heard Sebastian, you know, singing, "Go on and kiss the girl," <laughs> and I already don't like the Will because he has emotional problems and he's a bounty hunter. Like you can't get he's any broken. more cliche, right? He's broken. Like, and it, then we get this. And it's like, why can't you be normal? Why can't you just go kill people for money? 
Why do you have to be broken? And then it kind of starts making a weird sort of sense. Be one dimensional. I want you to do this because that's what you're, that's what you are. That's what you are. But that's not what you are. But it's not. And we get to see that's not what he is. And I'm okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's a romance novel. It's a romance novel. And he <laughs> finally does kiss her and she does. Dex him. To be fair though, there is a panel that she gets into it. She closes her eyes. Like she accepts it. There's one panel where you kiss. Right. Next panel, like. She's like, what? Surprise, then kiss, then then she like comes to her senses and, and punches a, like a tooth out, like knocks him solid. And I, it's funny because obviously it's his own psyche saying this, but uh, his hallucinations like, don't kiss me again. Well, but she, she said, Gwendolyn said, next time you touch me without my permission, I'm going to punch your heart out. And she's like, his hallucination without permission. Right. Which is implying... <laughs> That she if you get my permission she, next time, she'll be okay with she it. She got into it. I'm telling you, she was into it. She she has the feels. She has the feels. But then we'll go back to the A story. And then it takes another hard turn. <laughs> back to the A story. I mean, it does it does have a good cliffhanger. Like, oh, I mean, that is a good commercial break right there. It is. Of like, without my permission. Next. Back to the main story. Now back to. Where really not much happens other than. Marco's mom is starting to get the feels for the writer. And, I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess, sort of. Uh, I feel like that's where we as young people kind of make it all about the wrong things. They're connecting, firstly, on an emotional level. Right. On an intellectual level. And really, that's what's going to take any relationship beyond... That's what's when gonna, you get old and crusty. That's what's going to go the distance is right. the relationship. Right. Not the physical aspects. It's right. the emotional. Uh, the last thing I have for this book was my favorite page. Uh, slave girl hanging out with Lion Cat. And she's like, slave girl's trying to figure out who I am. She's like, oh, sure. my name is Sophie. I'm this. And then the last thing, I'm a dirty, no good, horrible person. And lying. Lying. And she's like, oh, like it was, it was a test. It reminded me of the episode of Community when they're doing like, okay, I'll just make sure it wasn't me. Cool. And she's like, okay, I'm just making sure I'm not those things. I'm just, I'm just lying to myself. Right. So, right. Like that's that's that is why Lion Cat is like my favorite character of the whole series. Sure. Because sure. it's more than one dimensional. Sure. Uh, Chapter fifteen. The cover of the 15 cover of fifteen is the cover of the romance novel. It's the romance. That they're reading in the book. Right. And and it's the cover of the romance novel that they're reading in the book. It's it, a romance novel in a romance novel. And this is the cover of them living of, out of their Marco romance. Of Marco and Alana posing in the same way as the cover of the romance novel within the book. I don't think Body's been like that, even in real life. Holy meta. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Like, I just love that. Like, really? You're, you are trolling everybody, and I love it. Like, it's a great meta with that. Uh, we see the sea story, the print with the reporters meeting another robot being, uh, Prince Robots cousin or some, some yeah, sort of, some... it's another royalty mm-hmm. on some random planet. They're interviewing what's going on here and the reporter gets shot. What? Yeah. And that's kind of, I, I mentioned that a second and like, I, I really found them annoying when we first met them, but I'm like, Oh, you just got shot. Because you're actually doing a good job of investigating the story. You not are just you're not slandering or anything. You are following the leads. You're doing you're doing the work. Right. You're putting the work in. Right. And don't worry, the sniper, 
Oh, he gone. Uh, he gone. The robot army do a swift and mighty full attack. That's like an orbital nuke dropped onto a building. Like, oh, right. this, they were somewhere in there. Instead of like figure out which floor, no, let's take out the whole Just building. Take out the whole building. Who cares? Oh, there's innocents involved? Well, then they shouldn't have been harboring a fugitive. Right. They're all dead. I, I think that kind of gives us the true villainy of either the species or the royalty. I'm not sure yet where that's going to go. Because all we've seen is the, the royalty. We haven't seen the whole species. Right. So are all human walking TV heads bad or just the royal family? Because she's like, nope, destroy the building. Okay. Problem solved. Got him. Hey, I mean, count a win is a win. I mean, and they take care of that. Uh, so from the orbital airstrike, we go back to family oh, game geez. night. Although I will say um, <clears throat> it is important to have family board game nights where where can we get some board games at alter your comics what really yeah. okay uh but i i again like this this part of the story it doesn't really move the story a whole lot however it does show the humanity of the characters like they life is all just action sequences brian wants us to fall in love with these two with with the with this with all the characters though too not just uh, Marco's mom and the writer, which I don't know either one's name, but the whole family, like, no, they are a family. There is connection there. Mm-hmm. And they're not just random characters. Like every, every character has value. Right. Um, and boy, does it, it gets to you. Uh, they do a quick little jumps from there to a quick oh. little triple a meeting. And it was in the triple a meeting that I wrote the note. This is the wonder years. This is a romance novel from the perspective of Fred Savage as Hazel. A and bit, yeah. I threw the book down for a second. Because holy crap, you made that realization. And I'm like, come on. No. <laughs> I don't want to like this book. Um, goes back to more family game night. Not a whole lot happens in this. No. Uh, there's a whole weird. Do, uh, there's a funny awkwardness between the daughter and, and, and Alana and the mother-in-law do kind of make a, a quick connection. They do. But it's very, it doesn't really move the story as much as it moves the connection together. Right. Um, <laughs> there's the one part where, is she praying? Nope. Nope. And we're moving on. Stop like, uh, I am i don't know if this is a clean podcast, we're not going to talk about that, but it's not what's going on. She's not praying. Then all of a sudden, the will gets stabbed in the neck. By the kid. Yay. By the slave Killer girl. Yay. Oh, crap. Killer be killed. So here we go. Um, and that's the end of that issue where he's bleeding out with a knife in his neck and it's not great for him. Then chapter 16, it's okay. We need to go a little bit faster on this one. <laughs> uh, first, first thing I want to notice, did you notice the shirt on the guy at the beginning of chapter 16? The, the wing guy, the, the wing guy, guy, the political guy. The yes. Heart? Did you notice that shirt? No. Uh, look at the babysitter as well. It's the same logo of shirt, different color. Oh, no, really? Yeah, I believe it's supposed to be a band that is in that world, but they're the same. It's the same. It's a heart with the wings and the little graphics on it. It's the exact same shirt. I mean, different color because one's ghost, well, one's, one's not. A ghost and one's not. But really? it is, it's the same logo as Hazel or Isabel. Isabel. Which I think I think that's cool. Like, oh, we're keeping up continuity. Like, oh, they're fashion. So oh, it is. What so based know? off of that, I would say that. Isabel then is not has not been dead for that long. 
if they're still wearing that shirt. Right. And now it could. I mean, well, the shoot, Beatles have been around since God knows. People how long, still wearing know. that, but it is still showing a not. She hasn't been dead for thousands of years. What I do like that Brian Kavon does is he tries to introduce a little bit of doubt into the audience, into you and I saying, what if Alana isn't as wholesome as you think she is? What if she's a spy? It doesn't work on us because like two seconds later we read, no, no. that can't be it. Right. But I like the, but I the, like the attempt. But everyone else in that world, they don't know what's true and what's not Correct. necessarily. Correct. Until they do the work. And that's what the reporters are doing. They're doing the work. And they're getting a little bit too close for that work. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I want to backtrack a little bit. I wonder if that's why the reporter, I wonder if the reporter was the target of that sniper shot. And not the... And not, not the robot. Not the robot. Because the reporters are getting too close sure. to what's going sure. on. And that would make sense because uh, the robot then cleans her 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 tracks. Yeah. To, I mean, that's the first rule of assassination is... Pointing the finger at someone else. No, uh, tying up loose ends. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, back to this. Um, we see back on uh, the Will's planet, Gwendolyn is starting to hallucinate as well. Yay, she ate something. And very quickly finds out, okay, you know, I'm hallucinating. I know you're not real because I love the lying. Hey, cat, am I seeing the person I lost my virginity to? Lying? Lying? Question mark? Like, what are you talking about? Okay, I'm hallucinating. Like, that's that is great detective sure, skills. Like, okay, right. that's not real. I need to solve this. What has changed? I ate something. Gotta get rid of it. Gotta, mm-hmm. gotta puke it up. And yeah, go back to there's a little bit of scene of Alana Marco look, watching plays and then back to oh, the. Oh, no, but that's kind of important though because they are trying to figure out this is where we first start seeing. These people are fugitives, and they're about to have – they have a family now. They can't just stay on the run forever. They can't stay on the run forever. They're, they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to eat. They're going to have to – what? like, yes, the – Someone's going to have to get a job. Yes, the treehouse provides for now, but who's to say that'll last forever? And that's – I that's got to be a driving point for the rest of the story, I would imagine. It will be referenced later. I'll give you that. Okay. So, back to the will where Slave Girl is – has the knife into his neck and is stepping on the knife. Like you can't see the knife anymore. It is so far. Like it is probably piercing through the other side of his neck. And lion cat is there, like there for her, her partner and is there to protect the will. Immediately attacks and tries to kill slave girl. Mm-hmm. Gwendolyn's like, no, no, Sophia. That's yeah. Sophia. They gave her a name. He uh, gave her a name. Yes. Uh, but Gwendolyn's like, Hey, this isn't her fault. Like she's under drugs. Like, I mean, yes, she did this. However, she's not in the proper mind state, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. And, yeah. Back to cover story, you know, story I mean, A. Yeah, I definitely noticed that in this. It was in this issue that I'm like, how many times are we going to go back and forth like this? But luckily, this issue, it it ends with the, all right, and back to, the you know, issue 12, where, oh, you, you guys already know that this part, you know, we've been on the planet for a week. Here's Prince Robot walking in. Now you're caught up to date. Right. Like, okay, they filled in that gap. I'm not going to lie, though. I was a little annoyed to see Gwendolyn at the end of the issue. I'm like, wait, you were just on another planet. How the heck did you get here so fast? 
uh, triple magic, triple A. They fix up their ship. Spa magic. I mean, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, issue seventeen starts out with reporters and a new source. A new character appears. Two new characters appear. Oh, uh, the puppy. The dr- the drug. What I I wrote down the drug dart dog. The triple D. The dog comes in, like shoots out drugs out of his nose. Drugs both reporters. Mm-hmm. And the dog's owner, agent. I do have to say, I do like the drug. Yeah. If you ever talk about this, you'll kill yourself. You'll, you'll be dead. It'll automatically trigger you're dead. Continue living your life. Do everything like you were going to. Just you just can't talk about this. You just this. can't talk about this. And a part of me wants to be like, I really hope that's a lie. I hope it, it was just water in the dart or whatever. It's not a real drug. But with, and they've, convinced, they've been convinced that if they do this, they'll die. But if someone that... Comes in with a magic helm with a whatever that we've <laughs> right. seen before. We have does, seen this before. Does the teleporting. Uh, you don't probably mess with them. No. And that's why I wonder if this person was did try to assassinate them before. Or had, you know, they hired out a, okay. another contractor. Sure, sure. To do the hit. Okay, they failed. Teleported out before the, the, the hit. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if this person hired the sniper and to try to take out the reporters. Oh. And is like, hey, okay, that failed. Okay, I have to do more hands-on approach. I got it. Yeah. I have to actually get my hands dirty. Okay, here's this. Here's an option for you. Mm-hmm. Either try to tell anybody you're dead instantly or dr- kill the story. Right. So they are, they're left in the wings. Back to caught up to today now time <laughs> of the writer bleeding now. Gwendolyn is spying from the uh, hillstop and she's like, okay, we need magic. The only person I know that does magic it, that can do this kind of magic is Marco. We have to get to him. We need to get to him. Right. We need to find magic to do this. And as we keep going, I I wrote down about, finally, Alana gets it. This whole time, I feel like she's kind of been in denial about her role in a family unit, what she's supposed to do. I like the fight that she picks with her mother-in-law an issue or two ago. Who are you to tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing as the mother in this relationship? You do your thing. I'll do mine. Right. Right. Respect my role. Right. In my rule. And the whole time she's kind of fighting back against this whole idea of we have a family. We have a family. She even says before she started praying, really, you're going to use that line against me? Of course, I know that we have a family now. Right. That isn't the point of my arguing with you. And then she says it. Her family's in danger. Something's going to happen. We have to do something because we have a family. Right. Yeah. It just And it's funny because it's coming from her. And I don't know. It, it's been my experiences when, when I had my kids, you know, my wife figured, I have to figure that that whole process just kind of grew literally with her. I'm going to be a mother. We're going to be a family. I'm pregnant. There's a thing inside of me. This needs to happen. This needs right. to happen. This needs to happen. Whereas with me, I pulled over one day, like four months into it, and had a mild panic attack. Holy crap. I'm going to be a father. <laughs> right. It right. hit you. It right. finally hit you. And so, uh, just that whole scene where she says, because we are because we have a family to think about now. When she finally comes to realize it, I'm like, wait a minute. You're kind of delayed on this. This thing was growing inside of you. Yeah. And you just now put two and two together. But sometimes that's just the way it happens. 
And I love the whole debate of, well, what's the opposite of war? Peace? No. no. Peace isn't the opposite of war. Now, I, I don't necessarily agree with what they said as <laughs> the opposite of war. Um, <sighs> yeah. But I do like the, like, oh, peace, that's the basic answer. But that's realistically, that's not the opposite that's of war. That's not the opposite of war. War is death. What's the opposite of death and murder? Life. So, so he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but he's not completely right. No. Uh, but at this point, uh, Margo's mom, yes, she just lost her husband, but she's in love with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like she is like her heartstrings have been pulled. She is full on. I love this dude, even though it's like the opposites attract. Like even though he's a pacifist that doesn't believe in this and mm-hmm. whatever, but love this guy. We'll protect him. Uh, Prince Robot shoots him. Or shoots the mom. And just point of reference, this guy's nuts. The writer? No, well, or, yes. Or robot? The or... robot. <laughs> Prince Robot the Fourth. Oh, he's messed up. He is nuts. He is messed up. Uh, he shoots the mom because I, I, obviously he's not afraid to pull to pull the trigger on anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he killed the stock immediately. He's trying to kill her. Her her ex saved her life. And the guy, the writer with a prop gun from his book, turns out it is a real gun. It is a real gun. Fires repeatedly. Gwendolyn, which was waiting for needed probable cause before she busts down the door. Oh, gunfire. That's probable cause. Comes in, sees Prince Robot down, this dude with a gun, another chick down. What does she do? Stabby, stabby. As soon as, as soon as the writer pointed the gun at him, at her, the Will's spear stored right through the eye. And boy, uh, I will call Marco's mom the Widowmaker at this point, or the Black Widow, because she keeps everyone that she loves dead, dead, dead. Stop being around when people die. But then we see Prince Robot, which we thought was dead. What what does his screen say? He's rebooting. Uh, restarting. This may take a few moments. Like, oh, I have. This, I just want to hear like the Windows ninety five booting do, do, noise. Do, do. Like, it just that's what I'm picturing. That's end of 17. 16. File issue of this volume that we're going over today. 18. Or 18. Yes. End of 17. Going on to 18. I can read numbers. Who says I can't? Uh, I liked it. I liked the last issue. It really felt like a genuine culmination of the things we didn't get at the end of issue 12 and before. This was Everything else was building up to this part. Right. Which, I mean, we kind of saw with... I mean, yeah, 12 ended with, okay, we've been here. All right, stuff's about to hit the fan. All right, well, let's put the brake, pump the brakes. We're going to build up to it again. And the lighthouse is on fire. The rider is dead. Lion Cat is attacking. Gwendolyn knows her ex is here. The defecation has hit the oscillation. Oh, yeah. Like, it is going down. Um, we get Isabel doing a, or not, yeah, Isabel doing a weird transformation illusion to freak out Lion Cat. To mess with the cat saying, oh, you were just a runt. Like, a whole lot of stuff's going on. Then you find out Prince Robot is not dead. He is in safe mode. <laughs> he will follow any command, right. regardless of who says what. Right. And Isabella uses that. Sure. And saves uh, uh, the mom. Why can we not give her name? I, I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> up on the top of the lighthouse, you, you know, know, because if there's a fire, you go to the roof. Obviously... The C word, that's a bad word, right? But when Gwendolyn says to Alana, who told you to open your fat face? 
You know, <laughs> I can't imagine any woman taking that in any way, shape, or form well. Yeah. At all. Not at all. C-word's bad. C-word's totally bad. This I feel like there. that was worse. Or that might res- I get the response of using the C-word at that point. Oh, like, my gosh. All right, we're a nuclear arms Who race at this point. you to open your fat face? Uh, then we get a trust fall. <laughs> <laughs> an unwilling trust fall. Oh, yeah, right. Where Marco's like, oh, well, either we get killed by you or whatever. Here, you have wings. You're going to go fly off. Which the- is funny because not two seconds ago, she's like, they don't do anything. They were trimmed. As, as a part of not royalty, my wings are automatically clipped. So that way it keeps the lower class. You know who they are because they don't have flying wings. And I love the confidence he has in her. <laughs> How did you know it would work? Because you're my wife. You can do anything. Like that line, like holy cow! Like that's just so much, right? Uh, you find out that you know the whole reason why Gwendolyn's there is like originally it was there for the rings, but no, she fell in love with the Will. Will is dying. Marco, you have magic. Save his life. Sure. And Marco's like, it's not gonna work. That only works for our race. It doesn't work for others. Like it's right. only for us. Then she has a holy crap. You know, my world is crashing down. Mm-hmm. And Marco's like, I can't do anything, but there's a military base here. Take them there. They'll they take have them to. In. They can't. They can't turn them away. And of course, she can't go because that's from the Wings planet. Like it's she's she is part of the Moonies at that point. Like, that's racist. You can't call her that. But he is as an independent contractor can go to either one. Mm-hmm. So she she can't go to the hospital bed with them. Someone else has to. Right. Which we find out. That someone else is the same person that would put the hit squad on the writers. Hey, we've seen her before. That she is the Will's sister. Who happens to have the same name as Slave Girl? What are the odds? What are the odds? Uh, but yeah, that's so we have the Will who has Lion Cat and his sister that has, I think it's called Good Boy, is the name of the dog. Um, but yeah, it's just. That that's the cliffhanger ending. He's in the hospital. She's watching overhead. And oh, by the way, uh, some days it feels like a thousand years. Some sometimes a thousand years feels like a day. So we get a time jump. But for me, because it is Hazel telling the story, it's it one fits. page. It fits like okay, time jump. Okay, now she's a toddler. She's done being a baby. Done. It, you know, the end of this volume really felt like it could have been the end. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And so if 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 we're gonna get six more volumes, which or no, we're getting five more volumes. Whatever. Are we gonna get that multiple times? Are we gonna get these This could be the end? Mini stories within the larger story, you know? And if that's the case, good job. Right? Uh, like I wanna say mostly yeah. I can take a break. I can't at least for a week anyway. Um, and, and that was a solid story for say 18, 18, 17, 18 issues. That, that is a chunk. And that is why they actually collected in hardcover these first three volumes as one, one book. Okay. And they've done three of those books. It makes I think sense. Th- three or four, whatever, whatever the breakout out sure. is, but they did. All right. This is act one, mm-hmm. basically. The, the baby years. Mm-hmm. And it, and I, I do like the fact that Hazel is dressed up like Jane from Firefly at the end of this. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I, I love this series. I think 
that I don't want to love this series, but I can't help but not love the series. Right. So, with that. With that. We're an hour and a half in, folks. <laughs> Raw. <laughs> I'll try to have to edit a couple points. We'll be roughly an hour and a half on this one, folks. Uh, Heroes of the Week. Brian Kavon, you, you jerk. SOB, you made me read a romance novel that I'm liking. That, that's going to be your hero of the week? That's my hero of the week. Brian Kavon, because You made me do a thing that I didn't want to do, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> you reluctantly enjoy it. Uh, mine, I, I'm going to go with another writer, Tom Taylor. Dude, freaking Tom Taylor. Uh, for, you know, the... Uh, Dark Knights of Steel, and I was talking to Adrian beforehand, I was talking to another customer this week, you know, I've been talking to him for the last month, he needs to read Son of Superman, Son of Kal-El, Superman, Son of Kal-El, I've been telling him for like the last few months, dude, you gotta read it, it. Tom Taylor, you gotta read it, he finally broke down, bought issue number one Saturday, he's like, all right, fine, I'll try the first one, I was like, good, try it, Let let me know how you think, he put it to the side, you know, he read his other books he bought Saturday, read them Saturday, read them Sunday, Monday, he's like, I'm bored out of my mind, fine, I'll read it. He came back in today. He's like, I asked him, I was like, oh, how did I like it? He's like, dang, I hope you wouldn't remember. I, I want volumes two, three, and four that you have on the shelf right don't now. Keep calling. <laughs> he's don't like, keep I don't calling until I come over. He's like, I, I don't want to read a Superman book. I don't want to buy a Superman book. I'm like, no, no, it's not a Superman book. It's a Tom Taylor book. He's, mm-hmm. like, he's like, I can justify that. I can justify I'm buying a Tom Taylor book. The moment Tom Taylor leaves, I'm done with the series. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fine. Just read it right now, enjoy it, mm-hmm. and have fun with it. So, Tom Taylor, for keep writing awesome stuff, you know what? I'm going to try to reach out to him and see if he'll do the podcast when you're not here, just because we'll need time to fill. Or, you know, just in general. I'll, I'll, see, if, I'll, see, if I, I'll see if I can get him on the podcast. That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Uh, so, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our podcast for the night. We've talked was a, a long one tonight. whole lot. Uh, and that's without Jared. So, <laughs> uh, Jared, you have a lot to uphold next week when we come in. <laughs> When Adrian's out. Adrian will be out next week. It'll be just be me and Jared, unless he has to work, in which case we might have to skip a week, but we'll figure it out as we go. Not unless you get Tom Taylor. Not unless we get Tom. If I can get Tom Taylor, then I don't care who's here. I'm, I'm talking to him. So, but that, folks, we'll say thanks for following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and MySpace. That's right, folks. We still have our MySpace. I'm going to keep talking about that every time <laughs> because it's stupid and funny, and I like it. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you all next time. One hour and 35 minutes. One hour and 35. <laughs> Who told you to open your fat face? Uh, good old saga. <laughs>